One day to call my mama to remind her we ain't broke. I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go. Welcome everyone to the most bust tier sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, aka Howard J. Dingers, and I'm joined as always by Hanson. What's up? And we have two very special guests today. Returning guests, one that has come on quite a bit. I'm very excited to talk to you again, Chad Coffin. Thanks for having me, Kyle. Excited to be on the show. And first time guest. I can't believe it's taken me this long, but I'm ex- I'm so so excited. After all the technical difficulties, we finally got you on. <laughs> Brian Stoffel. Stoffel, right? Stoffel. Stoffel, damn it. That's all right. That's all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm honored to be on here. I will do my best through all the sports talk, and then we'll get to the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, yeah, we'll probably go pretty quick through the sports stuff, just because these there's are no things. Sports. Well, there's no there is. There's no sports, and a couple of these topics are things that me and Hanson have already kind of discussed, so I kind of more just want you two uh, to just throw out opinions, and I'll throw out mine, um, but I do kind of want this mostly to be the fun stuff, <laughs> just because it's been a while since I've been able to talk about that stuff, especially with you guys, so. Uh, I mean, even with the quarantine, it's been a while since any of us have been able to talk about the fun stuff, because <sighs> most of that's been on hold, too. Hey man, Scooby Doo came out this weekend. <laughs> Guys, it was amazing. It it's, is it actually it's, it, they're like they're copying the Marvel layout for making a a united universe. Nice. It, it's going to be That's amazing. Crazy. It's really going to be good. That's awesome. Right, I'm actually... I've heard I've heard some iffy things about it, but uh, the woman of the household was like, "I don't want to watch that." So. <laughs> Where that's where I'm at it with that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, like politically, there were some issues. Like uh, they don't have the original uh, voice actor for Shaggy. the The only main voice actor that they actually retained was Scooby, and that was it. Um, but Blue Falcons in it, Dino Mutt's in it, um, Wacky Races has some characters in it. So it, it's kind of bringing the whole the whole Hanna Barbera universe together. It's Isn't really so, neat. I thought it was like Casey. What's his name? Was didn't he? I thought he's dead. Isn't he? Um, they had the um the guy that played Shaggy in the movies, the live action movies. He's been doing the Shaggy voiceovers for a lot of the oh, stuff recently, yeah. and they didn't even uh, talk to him about the whole movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zach Efron is is power. Fred, so like that's how you kind of know where things are. Right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're gonna get to that kind of stuff soon, but we are gonna talk some sports. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Um, there's been a lot of talk between LaFleur and Aaron lately on a bunch of talk shows, but the Packers took Jordan Love with the 26th pick after trading up. A lot of people think that this is a Favre situation where, you know, they might shove him out, but people people have just jumped on it like it's going to happen this year. People are saying, oh, Aaron's going to go to the, he's going to request a trade to the Patriots and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I just want to get your guys' opinion. You know, what was your overall thoughts on the tr- uh, on the draft pick, um, and what do you think the future holds for the quarterback situation for Green Bay? Chad, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've never been a huge Aaron Rodgers fan to begin with. 
like from the start. Um, so those of you who have heard, listened before, I'm, I'm a big Seahawks fan, and that started when I was like in middle school. So I grew up a Packer fan, and I was a huge Brett Favre fan, still am to this day. So when Aaron came in, and then the the I guess volatility or whatever the 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 relationship that they had, I think is what started out my not huge uh, uh, fondness of Aaron Rodgers. But that all aside, um. If anything comes, if Aaron, like any of this trade talk or anything like that comes, it's going to come from Aaron's side because the Packers don't want to trade him right now. They didn't draft Jordan Love as their guy right now. He's just not that guy. He needs to sit and wait for a little while. I think he's only 21 or 22. So, you know, you draft your Joe Burrow at 25, like, yep, come in, start playing, let's go. Jordan Love is not that guy where he's just going to start and take over the team. Whether Aaron open welcomes him with open arms and is his, you know, turns him into his prodigy and teaches him and molds him, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, that's not the kind of guy Aaron is. That's not the, his leadership style. He's proven that time and time again that that's not who he is. So I really think that Jordan Love's just going to have to study tape, watch games, practice hard, and learn everything he can just by watching Aaron because I really don't think he's going to take him under his wing. Aaron has been an egotistical dickhead since he got in the league he shadows it well because he's in green bay and he knows that the fans of green bay would not allow a quarterback like that a flashy quarterback they just want a guy to come in and throw the ball that's what they want to happen so we'll see i mean i, I think it was a great pick the packers need to start looking um <clears throat> to the future because aaron Rodgers isn't getting any any younger and we've seen over the last couple of years his play is beginning to slow down he's not the guy he was five years ago, you know, even three years ago, he's not the guy. So I like the pick. I don't know about the rest of the draft because it was kind of a mess. I like the pick at quarterback though, even if the Packers don't do that well over the next two years, if you can give Jordan Love one or two years, just to sit and watch, I think he could be the next quarter, the next guy uh, to continue that quarterback lineage in Green Bay. Well, it's, yeah, it was just interesting to hear because obviously right when they made the pick, I was just, livid I was pissed but I, I think by the next day already I was already coming around to it because I really do like Jordan Love I liked him before we even drafted him um, he was one of my more interesting quarterback cases to look at be just because of what I've seen in college he's got a lot of raw talent um, but to hear Aaron you know he said he he does want to finish in Green Bay but he knows that they may not be a reality we've seen a lot of people like his mentor Brett Favre who wanted to keep playing, but was basically forced out. And now we even see Brady just kind of jumping ship. Like no one thought Brady was ever going to leave New England until this season. Um, so it, it is going to be interesting. I don't know, Brian, what do you think? Um, I, I don't know. I was a little shocked at first, but it kind of made sense. Um, it's a move that I feel like they needed to make at some point, but they did it a lot sooner than I expected them to do. Um, kind of like we talked about, you know, with the whole Brett Favre situation, like it makes sense that they would be thinking ahead to that because, um, this is probably going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I feel like what we saw with Brett Favre towards the end, we're already starting to see with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I grew up not a big football fan until like around high school, but my fond well, not fond. My memories of football would be listening to my dad yell at the TV about interception after interception after interception and like Packer games losses and stuff like that. You know, Favre was a great quarterback 
but you know with age and whatnot things happen and I feel like it's kind of been a similar case with Rodgers um I mean he's he hasn't been playing as great as he used to be I mean it's noticeable and you know Green Bay is thinking how can we win Super Bowls you know how how do we get from just the last game of the playoffs to actually into the Super Bowl. So they're starting to think about that. And I I don't know. I think that it was a pretty smart move. I'm a big Rodgers fan, but I mean, it is what it is. Like, I don't think that, that he is going to move this year. I mean, it'll probably be a year or two, but that's kind of my opinions on that, so. Yeah, like I've said a lot of times, I th- I don't think this is going to be an issue for three seasons at least. Like even then, you know, Rogers wants to keep playing well into his 40s. He's only 36 years old right now. He could just finish out and Jordan Love could just be like a fifth year guy who finally gets his start. You know, it, it, it could happen. And I don't think that's bad for Jordan Love too. Like I said, he's got the raw talent. Um yeah, I, I just don't think, like you guys said, he's not going anywhere this season for sure. Love is not ready to start, even if we, even if we wanted him to be. I, yeah, I don't hate, I don't hate the pick. I just wish, because there were other positions and other players specifically at twenty six that I would have maybe rather got. But in you know in four or five years when I'm wearing a Jordan Love jersey, I'm not going to be thinking about that. Well, well, right. And I mean, and all things aside too, sorry, I just got one little quick thing. But um, again, like you said, he's 36. We in, in Wisconsin, especially Packer fans, they've had it so good at quarterback for so long, like 30 years of good quarterback play. So we sit here and talk about like, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is like slowing down. And then you've got teams like Chicago and that are just sitting there like, shut up shut Mm -hmm. up about your quarterback problems shut up because it's been so good so even if two years three years from now Aaron Rodgers is looking down the barrel at 40 he can go somewhere else and be serviceable for years I mean look at Philip Rivers Philip Rivers Tom Brady Rodgers still has a lot of raw talent you know talent and he has the football mind for it even after Green Bay let's say it's one year two year three year he's not done unless he is like I'm done I'll hang it up Mm -hmm. I really don't see that being the case though yeah, I actually I wanted the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago. I thought that when Rodgers was right at the end of his peak, he would have been a perfect trade asset to get another mid-tier quarterback to get us three, four more years uh, with some additional pieces. And then Jordan Love makes a lot of sense because then Jordan mm-hmm. Love comes in, maybe even starts week one, maybe doesn't come into week ten, maybe even it's week thirteen with seventeen games this season. With seventeen games this season, so um, I mean, I'd also like to think that Brett Favre had better weapons than Aaron Rodgers has sometimes. So that's another thing with that. But besides besides Aaron Rodgers, where he's at age-wise, I feel like he does have a couple more serviceable years for a decent team. But I would be okay with him leaving. It would hurt. He's kind of like my cool uncle. But, like, it definitely would make sense for the Packers in the long run. Jordan Love is a much younger more well I'd say youthful be redundant but he's a lot quicker on his feet that's something that we'd be much more interested in Aaron Rodgers has definitely has definitely lost that over the last couple years maybe that mobility out of the pocket with the younger age definitely less injury prone I think Aaron Rodgers is one bad head injury from the end of his career he's had too many so this might even be an instance where Aaron Rodgers goes down Jordan Love comes in Aaron Rodgers is gone at the end of the season or even before the season's over because we traded him you know 
So it might be an opportunity for Jordan Love to really show what he's got if and when Rodgers gets hurt. Hanson brings up a good point, too, that I don't think a lot of people like think about. Like Maybe they just wanted to have a good backup quarterback. Because like, the last guy, I mean, me being a pretty casual Packer fan, like I didn't really hear anything about him. I didn't hear bad things, but I didn't hear good things. But then you also remember the season a couple seasons ago when Rodgers got hurt right away and we had Hundley. And that was like just awful. So, I mean, you can think of it on the plus side too of like, well, at least we should have a decent backup quarterback. At the oh, very no, Brian. Apparently, Hundley was so good. The yeah, Hawks the Titans really wanted him. For him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, he was the Hawks. Hawks love taking our backup quarterbacks. <laughs> they love taking our backups. Yeah, trust me, uh, my first ever regular season game was Monday Night Football against the Lions when Brett Hundley started. So. Ugh. <laughs> yeah but anyway from one older quarterback to an even older quarterback we're going to tampa because i want to talk to you guys about what you think about the tampa bay offense with tom brady coming in they're replacing Jameis winston gronk is coming in now i've said my piece on this a thousand times i think they're gonna go eight and eight i don't think they're i think they're the third best team in that division at best they might be the fourth best team. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just feel like that uh, it's, it's a lot of good pieces, but they don't fit together. What do you guys think? I, Brian, you can go first on this one if you want. Um, again, casual football fan. Uh, it kind of looks like, you know, Tampa Bay is picking up uh, whatever they could from the Patriots team. Um, Tampa Bay, again, really wasn't ever that big of a threat, but now like they have, some weapons that could become a potential threat. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Chad. So um, there's a lot of things with this Tampa team to like. <clears throat> I think one of the best parts about this Tampa team is going to be the fact that we get to see Tom Brady and Drew Brees face off twice a year. And it's going to be the opening game. Like that's, oh. it's pretty sweet. Like regardless, you got two older guys, but there's still a lot of talent. And that Tampa Bay team, they had a lot there. I think they were being underutilized with Jameis Winston at, you know, quarterback. Bless his heart. The guy went out and got eye surgery for that team. And they're like, eh. <laughs> see ya. So, yep. it's, you know, it's unfortunate. Maybe he'll see a little more life in, uh, in the, with the Saints. He'll hang around for a couple of years and maybe be that mid-tier mid starter after Breeze retires. But you cannot discount any team that has Tom Brady. You just can't. And while I am one of the believers that Belichick really made that dynasty happen, it wasn't all Tom Brady. You can't discount Tom Brady, especially when you got guys like Mike Evans. Um, he's got Godwin. And, and while I really think that Gronk is just a, a publicity, like a TMZ headline, you know, Oh, Hey, look, we got Gronk out of retirement. It's like, it's fine. We've seen this before. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say Jason Witten versus Gronk because obviously Gronk is younger and in better shape coming back out of retirement. But Jason Witten came out, caught some passes, was serviceable. And that's really what I see Gronk doing. But at least for the first half of the season, he's going to be a real he's, he's going to be on the list of players to watch in those defensive schemes because they're like, you can't just let Gronk just, you know, he, he's not a Mercedes Lewis. He's not some some scrub tight end that doesn't need to be watched. Um, I do not want to see them do well simply because I have had enough 
of Tom Brady's success. I, I've just had enough. I'm one of those guys. It's like all those people that were bitter with the Lakers in the early 2000s. They just, everyone was like an anti-Laker fan because they were done seeing them win. Mm-hmm. But Chris Godwin needs to win a Super Bowl. If anybody besides my Seahawks, I want to win a Super Bowl, it's Tampa Bay. Because that guy... For every catch he makes in the season, and he is a PPR machine, by the way, if you don't have him, pick him up. For every catch he had last season, he paid the adoption fees for one of the dogs at a shelter in Florida. He's been, like, saving puppies left and right. He's, like, my favorite person in the NFL right now. I want him to get a ring because he deserves it. That's the kind of wholesomeness that we need to see. So, yeah, huge, huge on Chris Godwin. And, again, young kid and, and Mike Evans has been one of the better top 10 uh, like wide receivers in the league for years now. And he's just had garbage QB play. The fact that he now like gets to work with Tom Brady and Tom Brady gets to work with him. This is arguably the best wide receiving core that Tom Brady's ever played with. As far as raw talent goes, maybe you think back to when he had Randy Moss and the collection of guys, but for the most part, it's literally been Walmart garden center employees that he's been throwing the ball to. Bill Belichick can walk into a hardware store, pick a guy, and Tom Brady's going to throw the ball to him. So now he actually has guys that can <laughs> that can play that are talented. We'll see, you know, we'll we'll see what comes of it. But I, I'm pretty excited um, uh, to see what happens. I I can't yeah. agree with Chad more on that actually. With Gronk coming back, I, there is a publicity stunt aspect to it. I mean, for sure. But you brought up Mercedes Lewis. I think that's really important because he was a big blocking tight end. And I think that's something that Gronk is brought in there for with his size and protecting an old Tom Brady. I think that was a secondary pro- thought process that went through their heads. But like you said, Tom Brady, you can never count discount a team that he's on. He's so good. Like you said, you can throw anybody out there. And it's like when you're watching Pawn Stars and they buy the old cannon that needs to be refurbished by the professional guy. And then they finally get them and they give them all the new like gadgets and wing nuts or whatever. And they can finally go out and be used to its full potential, even if it's old. So I, I think it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I, I think Tampa could only end up losing two or three games this season if they really get their shit together. Yeah, seriously. I mean, guys, you have to okay. think. You have, look, I know this might be like me jumping on the bandwagon here. I was originally very against this. But now that I see that they get Gronk, like, the, I, I'm starting to understand their thought process a little more, I think. And, Kyle, before you put us through the ringer, I want to let the record show. I said I would love to see Chris Godwin win a Super Bowl. I in no way believe that they're going to take it to the ship this year. That I agree with. Before you get on your soapbox and start berating me and Hanson over this Tampa Bay team. <laughs> I saw it coming. I saw your face even in that little Zoom square. I knew it was about to happen. <laughs> Don't even. Don't even bring it over here. I'm also, Tampa saying. Bay has the Super Bowl this year, too. So if they do get it, I feel like Tom Brady, like, chose this on purpose. So it'd just be a home game for himself. <laughs> I don't I know. Just sick of the piss poor weather in Foxborough. Wouldn't if surprise I me. I don't know what Tom Brady you guys were watching last year, but he is definitely not the same guy. Who was he throwing the ball to? Julian Edelman. And you know what? Even when he was throwing to even – a slightly open guy. He was missing people. I don't Julian care. Edelman is Tim Tebow. He's Tim Tebow. He was a college quarterback who came in and Tim Tebow could have made a serviceable NFL career. If he would have shut his mouth and put his ego aside, even though he, Oh, I think Jesus for everything. That guy's got such a huge ego. He wouldn't sit back and play tight end or slot receiver. He could have had a, 
a financially sur a financial surplus as a slot receiver. He would have gotten paid. He's a great locker room presence. It's the same thing as Amendola. It's that whole team. They're guys who he picks and plays because Bill Belichick is a mastermind, but he's never had talent around him at all. I yes, okay. But still, he was still missing throws last year. Gronk is significantly smaller since he retired. I don't know if you guys have actually seen him, but he has lost a lot of weight. He might try to get that back. I don't know. There's going to be the rust. He probably won't play a full season. Godwin and Evans are both deep wide receivers. They thrive on the deep ball. Brady hasn't had a deep ball in about five seasons. They don't have a running back. Their offensive line was ranked 22nd last season, while the Patriots were ranked 5th. And Brady sucks under pressure. And their defense is so young and terrible. Anyone in fantasy football knows to start wide receivers against Tampa last season. And, yes, they're young. They have, you know, Shaquille Barrett's playing great. Devin White's going to be good. Sean Murphy bunting. All these guys are going to be good someday. I don't know if it's going to be right away. I just don't think this team can catch up with a team like the Falcons right now who, yes, they are kind of another hodgepodge team right now but they still have a very talented roster. The Saints are definitely the favorite in this division. How are you going to outscore Drew Brees in that offense? There's just absolutely no way. No one's going to stop Mike Evans or Alvin Kamara. And then even the Panthers, who have Teddy Bridgewater now and Christian McCaffrey, I just, I just don't see them competing in this division. I really don't. Just so, because. So you see Tampa as like the, the Peyton Manning Denver Broncos without Von Miller in the defense, which now yeah. that you're putting it out there, I see that. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just my thoughts. <laughs> I can't wait to see them go eight and eight. And I've, and I've looked at the schedule too. They're going to lose that week one against new Orleans and everyone's going to be like, Oh, don't worry. Brady loses all the time. And then they're good. They have four easy, three or four easy games right after that. And then everyone's going to be on the hype train. Oh, Tampa Bay is going to their own super bowl. And then they're just going to fucking tank. I can't wait. Anyway. <laughs> Hal has this weird ability that when he's really passionate about a, talk, a topic, he talks to you like you're a six-year-old son. <laughs> you need to be put, put in your place. Like, I love it. You're right. You're right. Like, a lot of your facts are good. But, like, when you're just stating an opinion, you're like, yeah, this is how I feel. But when you're real passionate about it, it is – I can see you. I can feel your eyes in this calm. Like, oh, God. I'm grounded now. I gotta go. I gotta go to my room. <laughs> <laughs> go on, time out. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's talk real quick about the quarterback situation in Dallas. I don't think there's too much of an issue. I think Dak is going to be the guy, but I do think Dalton. I I actually think Dalton might be a better fit, but I don't think that they're going to move away from Dak. I don't know. It's Mike McCarthy. Who knows what he's going to do? But. Um, <laughs> I am I'm I'm also curious to throw in your thoughts about Zeke in this Mike McCarthy offense too because we've seen for years how Mike McCarthy is not very good at you know calling the run offense so I, I guess Chad we'll start with you just kind of give me your thoughts about the quarterback situation and McCarthy on that offense so um I think this Andy Dalton situation getting him and paying him was was just Jerry Jones trying to slap Dak around a little bit and be like, hey, you're not in charge here. I will, I don't need you. I will let you go. If you want to play this game, if you want all this money, if you don't want to sign this contract, see that guy right there? So before it was like an empty threat because there was no guy there. Andy Dalton is absolutely serviceable, especially with a wide receiving core like that. And Zeke, Zeke's a top five running back. You know, they 
they have these pieces and now Jerry Jones is sitting back on the iron throne and he's like, I'm the captain now. Look at like he, he's, he's, he's in charge. Like Jerry Jones has always been in charge. And while he's like the dark emperor of Palpatine, like controlling this team. And sometimes he does good things. And sometimes he does bad things. He puts his foot in his mouth all the time. But I think that's why Andy Dalton was brought in. I don't think Jerry Jones wants him to play a single snap this season, but he put him there just so that there's some heat underneath Dak to sign this contract to get it all squared away and be done. Uh, you know, when it comes to Zeke, as long as he can stay out of trouble, the guy's a really good running back. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to argue that for a second. And as far as McCarthy goes, I think this reverts back to Jerry Jones again. In Green Bay, there was no, there was no house system. The Senate couldn't keep the, the House of Representatives in check. There was no different branches like the government. They just, it was just him. Yes, the GM was there. Yes, uh, um, uh, not Holmgren, what's his name? The the uh, the president, Mike, uh, what's his face? I can't, Murphy, Mark Murphy. Oh. Sorry, Mark Murphy. So Mark Murphy is there, but he's just more, he's like Queen Elizabeth. He's just like a figure. He's, he's like the queen because we're a, we're a, we're owned by the fans. That's who we are, which is fine. That's great. But you need a guy in charge to keep a coach in check. So at the end of the day, that's what I think Jerry Jones is going to do. If you see in the first couple games that Dak isn't getting enough touches, Jerry's going to show up at Mike McCarthy's house and he's going to be like, if Zeke does not touch the ball 30 times next game, you will be on a plane back to Green Bay. That's, and that's the thing where, where Murphy didn't really have that same kind of touch. Jerry Jones doesn't care about anybody's feelings. The only thing he cares about is number one, making money. And number two, the Dallas Cowboys winning. And obviously this affects this. So if it's not going to work, He'll send him on his way. With that being said, Jason Garrett has sucked ass for years, and he just let it happen. So, again, it's a crapshoot. Who knows? Is Tampa Bay going to go 8-8 eight and eight or win the Super Bowl? Is Dak going to sign? Is he not? It's, it's, it's football. That's the thing we love about it. No one really knows what's going to happen. I really like the Palpatine comparison. I have to update because, that. I have to update I, well, that. Just because, just because the Cowboys do kind of seem like the Empire, where they can do really good and they can look really strong at the beginning, but at the end, when it's time to win, they just you, you just lose. That's all I, it comes down to. I got to say, I like your Palpatine reference. I, I view Jerry Jones more as Darth Vader. I see more Roger Goodell as Emperor Palpatine. And I see Mike McCarthy as Jabba the Hutt on the bottom of it. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like seriously, I, just, I think it's a situation where Andy Dalton's a really good pocket quarterback. Almost like Tony Romo. You know, so it's like you kind of like do a throwback. Jerry Jones likes that style of quarterback. We've seen him enjoy that style of quarterback and be very successful as a franchise with that style of quarterback. Dak likes to get out of the pocket and run around a little bit. Mike McCarthy doesn't like to give running backs the ball. There's a lot of questions going on in Dallas right now, and Jerry Jones likes it his way, and I don't think he's going to get it. I think Dak is going to get what he wants here, and – I mean, Jerry Jones isn't always going to win, and I know he, he thinks he can, and he has a lot of money, and he owns America, America's team, but you can only have so much power over a group of guys of that size. So is he more Dr. Evil and not Emperor Palpatine? Like, is he scared? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to call Mike McCarthy Jabba the Hutt. That was the whole reason I did that. <laughs> Brian? 
Uh, I think that Chad nailed it on the head. It's it's going to be a big old crapshoot. I mean, there's As a the lot Cowboys of are every year. <laughs> the, exactly, and I mean, there's just a lot of variables. You know, I mean, we've seen McCarthy do good things with the team, and we've seen him do not so good things with the team. We've seen Dak play good, and we've seen Dak play like crap. You know, and with the new quarterback in the mix, uh, anything could happen. I mean, you know, they could start off with Dak and change their minds and go to him now that they have that that asset so i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting to see what happens down there because there's a lot of new elements and a lot of new things to kind of like figure out and shift through and try to get a flow for the season i have a feeling by the end of this season zeke is going to be requesting a trade yeah yeah, like there, I, I just I don't see Zeke fitting into the McCarthy system and him enjoying him as a coach at all. So well, and they yeah. might do that too because they have Tony, a young Tony Pollard who actually might fit that system a little better too. But they'd be I'll stupid. Take that, and I'll see you with him still staying in Texas. <laughs> he floats right over to Houston. I would not mind that at all. That'd be a That'd really be scary awesome. team. Yeah. Um. All right. Chad, you wanted to you wanted to talk about this potential almost trade that went happened or that almost went down between the Browns and the Seahawks. Why don't you fill us in on that? So I don't know why this stuff ever matters. I think it matters more now because there's not enough sports or any sports on TV. I just watched uh, the cornhole, uh, the uh, the ACL attorney, uh, and I was like, man, is this a rerun? But it wasn't because they all were all wearing masks, like. This is the closest thing we can get. At work the other day, one of my guys, huge soccer fan. I work in the meat department, right? So he put his phone in a Ziploc bag and he clipped it. And he was hanging it in front of where he was working. And he like gave me a weird look. And I'm like, I'm not going to say a word as long as you get your work done. He's, we're finally getting sports. But more to my point. So when these little things, when somebody hears, oh, my God, did you hear Russell Wilson almost got traded? It um, immediately mm-hmm becomes the second most important thing in the sports world. Cause right now the last dance is obviously the most important thing in the sports world, but, but it becomes one of the most important things in the sports world. And everyone's like, this is new information. How did we not know about this? Did we also know about this? What kind of, you know, what kind of stuff is this going to stir up a Pete Carroll, John Schneider? Like, is this going to cause problems here? Because everybody knows Sierra doesn't like Seattle anyways. Maybe now he found out he was going to get traded. Maybe now he'll leave, you know, all these different things. But, um, but yeah, so, you would have had to get a lot. And that's the thing with, they had a good first round and a fourth round pick the Browns did that year. There's a lot of different variables. And and in my mind, the Browns being the desperate Browns that they were, or rather not a first and a fourth round, but a first and a fourth pick. I think both of those picks would have had to go to Seattle. And in addition to that, maybe some bodies. I mean, could you imagine like a, like a Miles Garrett move into Seattle? You know, you bring it back, you're like Legion of Boom thing going on. Obviously it's not TV, but yeah, they would have had to give up a lot, but that's the thing we've seen about the Browns. If they get it stuck in their head that it's a good idea, they'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. So if it's giving up too many draft picks, if it's, you know, drafting a quarterback too high when they should have just taken Saquon on Baker at four, you know, that's a whole other thing. But I don't think there was enough put on the table. And I don't think that when they say, oh, there were room, there were trade rumors about Russell Wilson. I think that a good GM should always be kicking the tires. I think he should always be out there figuring out what's Aaron Rodgers worth right now. 
what is what's Andy Dalton worth right now? You know, what, what's what is Russell Wilson worth? Is it realistic? No, that's your franchise quarterback. That is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback the CLC Hawks have ever seen. You're better than Matt Hasbeck. Maybe you argue that that Warren one Warren Moon season. You say that he's the best Seattle Seahawks quarterback, but I'm sorry when I say Warren Moon, of course people don't think of the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> but you always got to be kicking the tires. So maybe he was just like, Hey, I wonder what some teams would think about this. John Schneider shoots out an email. Everybody talks. Oh, this is this, this is that. Yeah. I don't think that's enough. And then it went away. This wasn't a serious thing. Nobody was really shopping Russell Wilson. Why would you, you have one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, arguably top five, extremely athletic, extremely young, extremely healthy. Not only that, he's an extremely good presence for that team. He's a great leader and he's just a great locker room. He's a good guy, but he's not jamming it in your face like Tim Tebow is. He's like, I'm a good guy. If you want to follow my Instagram page, you'll see every Tuesday I'm at Children's Hospitals. But other than that, he's too good for that team to let go, even for some good picks. You'd really have to pile it on. So I think a lot of this was just the sports world needing more sports more stuff to put on tv i mean who was the first person to it wasn't Schefter that reported on it it was tmz sports that put it out if Schefter's not the guy putting it out don't worry about it that's true i think you bring up a great point too because i mean we open up the show with this rogers love thing and like brian mentioned it might have just been the packers wanted a backup quarterback and they thought this guy was good like but because there's nothing else to talk about really this got shoved up like oh my god the packers are replacing aaron Rodgers, like yeah, I, and I think that becomes a lot of this stuff where we're we're now kind of you know we're looking at backup quarterbacks like who who has the best back I saw that list the other day who has the best <laughs> backup quarterback and Mitch Trubisky was number ten and that made me really laugh but yeah I th- there is that lack of sports so things are getting heightened right now so that something like that coming out and that it, it just becomes bigger I don't think you know. Like you said, there's probably not too much to talk about. Hanson, you did some decent research here. Well, I actually I want to elaborate on this a little bit. This sports world issue. I got to be careful talking about this because I'm I'm sure at some point in my future adult life, uh, ESPN might be an employer of mine. Um, so I have to be careful in saying this. But ESPN really fucks with the fans' mind, and I think a lot of people will agree. Like I'm a diehard Bucks fan. I've been a Giannis fan since the oh. day they drafted him. What has been the narrative for the past three years now? Giannis is leaving Milwaukee. Giannis is leaving Milwaukee. Giannis is leaving. It's so ingrained in our brain now that we believe it. We think it's going to happen. I I know we don't. We don't. We don't. (laughs) Okay. Like, Wisconsin people, people from, like, especially from just, like, the the Midwest in general, like Minnesota, Illinois, nobody, we all know he's staying. He's not going anywhere. But it's ESPN trying to get the big guy to a big market. And I think that's what the attempt was here. You know, so they're trying to, I mean, I I understand that the Browns aren't necessarily a major market, but I think it give, it's just like, we don't have a lot to talk about right now, but I think just in general, it's sports media trying to take over this narrative and it's really affecting everything in the long run in all sports more than just football and basketball. They're just, they're just trying to have their own news and their own breaking things that they, that they talk about and no one else talks about, yeah. maybe. But you're absolutely right. That's what ESPN is out there for. They're out there to stir the pot, for God's sakes. They gave Stephen A. Smith six shows, and he's arguably the most hated man in sports next yeah. to Roger Goodell. People can't stand him, but they're like, guess what? We'll put him on TV, and everybody's going to watch. That's the same thing. Nobody likes Skip Bayless. Nobody no. likes Colin Coward. 
Nobody likes to, even if you think you're like, well, I kind of enjoy this show. They suck. They all I, suck. They say things that nobody wants to hear. They say things that nobody's a fan of because it it's ratings. It's all ratings. I watch Colin Coward only to disagree with him. <laughs> I love when they do the videos. You see the video of Colin Coward where they cut a bunch of his shows all together, and it was him arguing with himself about yeah. Aaron Rodgers, whether he was good and or bad. There was that, literally enough content for both sides that you could have two different arguments with yourself. They did that with Skip Bayless, too. I think that's just hilarious. Um, I'm kind of looking at our run sheet, and I, I do want to do those Madden ratings, but I think we should – do those at a future date where we actually prepare for them within a couple of days and we actually sit down and try to do that. We can do, I mean, there's not going to be any sports for a while. We're going to have to be doing a lot of these shows. So in about a month's time or something, we're going to plan another one of these with us four. And we're going to do these Madden ratings. Deal. Got cool. it. I got, I got dibs on kickers and punters. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not okay. I think you missed the idea. No, no, no. I got that. Trust me. Trust, I'll do my research on the kickers and punters. I guarantee you, there's at least two kickers and two punters that are extremely underrated in Madden. He missed here's, the book. Here's, here's the topic. Here's the topic. <laughs> this is Hanson's head. Light over. The main thing to get out of this announcement is that we have time to work out the details. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Because apparently yes, right. my my own co-host completely missed the mark. On this. We'll talk after the podcast. No, I know what you mean. I was just fucking with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's quickly discuss. We can all come up with a fun. I don't know. The sports leagues are trying to finish out and they're trying to find places to locate everyone where you can just have everyone in one hotel. Everyone can quarantine and they can still play in this one location. There's talks about Vegas. There's talks about Disneyland, Arizona, I think is one of the places there's, there's all these discussions. I Hanson, you can start us off. Yeah. So where, where can these teams play? Disney world does make the most sense, right? You, it's privately owned land that can be completely shut off. Disney definitely has the finances to completely secure the premises. Nobody can get in, even through their not like through their like wooded swamp area. Um, also, ESPN, Disney. You know, so there's the other connection there. ESPN is owned by Disney. ESPN is one of the biggest television providers for national coverage of the NBA. That's a big partnership, but. In case that's just that's the way I see it going. It's going to be at Disney. But I was talking to my dad the other day. He played seven years in the NBA. I got some very interesting different perspectives on what he was thinking. He brought up the idea of having it on a carnival cruise ship. A carnival cruise ship can hold, let's see, I looked it up here. They can hold a, over a hundred thousand guests up to about a hundred and thirty thousand guests. So you're going to play NBA games on a cruise ship though. Well, space wouldn't be an issue. You could put, you could build a court on a cruise ship. There's plenty of space. Yeah, Lodging won't be an Navy issue. The air force and the Navy does that game every year. It, well, aircraft. that's outside. We've, there's been a lot, actually Marquette a couple years ago played on a, on a ship like that. And there was condensation on the court and they had to cancel the game. So mm-hmm. this would Isn't be like indoors. Michigan state and UNC or something like that to start off an NCAA season. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, they played in a, air, a military, in like an Air Force right. hangar. Yeah, that are was really cool. About, are you talking about like an indoor court on a ship? Thing? I am talking like they have two and a half weeks to build a metal barn on top of a cruise ship with a court. It's very realistic, honestly. It really is. Because those pieces are pre-built. They just have to connect them. 
And huh. if you think about capacity, there's 30 teams with 15 guys, and then you add 10 people, 15, 20 people per, like, just the staff, the immediate staff, and then television, it's another 300, like, people. If you had to have that many, you're not even close to, like, 10% of your capacity. You're totally fine. So there's obviously plenty of space. It makes sense. They don't have to be by anyone. They can literally seclude them in the middle of the ocean. <clears throat> so that made a lot of sense to me. I thought that was a very good idea. I love the idea in theory, but I want to play devil's advocate and just go Titanic on it. Could you oh. love <laughs> if the whole NBA died? Because well, they realistically, were like, it would never leave the port. Great idea. Everyone died. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is dead. Oh. NBA is over. The whole league would shut down. That'd be the end of it. It's like, okay, yeah. that was great. Sweet. Well, Thanks, Hanson. You killed everybody. You killed the NBA. <laughs> well, the Miami Heat owner actually owns Carnival Cruise. So there's a connection there. This isn't just something that my dad pulled out of his ass. This is like a legit thing. Like, this could happen. And I don't think the ship would ever actually leave the port. Like, that just wouldn't make sense. That, like, you're, that would be the risk. And that's too much of a risk with literally trillions of dollars worth of people and equipment just, on board. They just float like a hundred yards out and then the boats there. Everyone from shore is just like the entire NBA is happening right there. And none of us are even close enough to smell it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, actually I know the answer to this question, but the, they'd be able to like stream games like for TV off, off of that. Easily. Well, and yeah, the thing, the my big question when he brought that up to me was, well, What's going to happen when they're trying to do TV coverage? The perk about Disney is Disney World World of Sports and all the other colleges around there are already wired for TV. You're good to go. So, but I mean, I'd, I would assume that Dis they'd play all of their games at Disney completely confined. Um, but it, it's a professional TV company, especially ESPN. That's the cream of the crop. Like it yeah. doesn't, get, doesn't get more professional. They've got the industry leaders and all of that stuff. They're totally fine wiring up a cruise ship, especially if they're only – they're a half a mile away from the shore. They're still going to be not like – they're not going to be too far away from reception or anything. There's easily going to be enough bandwidth with their high class, like fancy, like XLTE crap, whatever they got. Their 5G cancer causing, like Wi-Fi they can do. So they're going to be fine. <laughs> that was a joke, but I have to emphasize that was a joke. <laughs> the 5g thing yeah no and that's the thing too like it, it makes sense because you're saying build this barn on top of a ship like if you guys are up to date i don't want to spoil anything if you guys are up to date on the last dance i know we'll talk about it later warner brothers studio built that court and that airplane hangar on the lot in less than two weeks they're like we want michael for space jam we're doing it they built it and had it ready to go before he even showed up like wow yeah, actually, that's a really good example. So when Michael Jordan was filming Space Jam, he wasn't going to do the movie unless he had a court and a place for him to practice and work out. He had a full gym brought in. And it was actually a temporary aircraft hangar, which is something very similar to probably what they would do if they had a carnival cruise. The only issue would be, like, trying to place it right because you got all the, like, swimming pools and stuff. But I assume you put it in the ship where you wouldn't even have to do that. Like, I think they'd be able to modify a ship quick enough to where that could be a thing. You don't need any spectator seating anyway. With all the money that you're bringing in, they would fill those pools with cement. They would fill them yeah. up. They would just put the thing on top. It would just be logistics as far as weight and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But again, like you said, if it, let's say it's 100,000 people. If you put 80,000 people on that ship, 20,000 people's weight will not equate to an airplane hangar of 
uh, for a basketball court. And we're talking only like maybe 4,000 people max. Right. Like max. So, yeah, uh-huh. no, and I don't think weight's going to be an issue on a ship of these of this scale. Like, these things are huge. So, I, I really don't think you're worried about Adam a balance. Silver, we'll, we'll get it done. Just yeah. have your dad call Adam Silver. We'll get it. We'll get yeah, it. honestly, like, I feel like that was a really good idea. I was like, I don't know why the NBA isn't exploring this opportunity already with a business insider, too. Chad or Brian, you got any fun ideas? Brian, if you got something, you go ahead. I, uh, I, I thought I had a decent idea, but then this boat thing has got me all rattled. <laughs> I don't know how practical it would be and how well it could be pulled off, but it'd be kind of cool to like just keep the location secret. And then like when a game started, it's like, Hey, we're coming to you live from here or Hey, we're coming to you live from here. You know, like, I think that'd be kind of cool. Like, you know, uh, like one, one day it's at the Bucks arena and the next day it's over like in San Francisco, you know, like just to kind of like mix it up get people talking about you know like oh where do you think it's gonna be now you know i think it'd be it'd be a fun idea to just kind of like keep it secret and just go to different different places for each game i think if you move around too that gives a lot more incentive for teams because while yes it's good to get nba back on tv but the teams and the owners don't benefit at all of one location where you know again the logistics might be tricky but to give teams games in their you know stands again you're not going to have like fans there but to have more people brought into that city specifically for these things at least there's some incentive for for these teams to have them played there yeah you could boost up the economy in whatever city that it's in like at least a little bit because you're bringing in all those different people Brian, where I thought you were going with this was you keep it secret and don't tell anybody at all. And that's like an additional part of the safety. And that's also that, a part of like the exciting. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like if, if like they you just could don't keep tell it anyone. a secret, if they could keep it a secret until like it's actually broadcasted, like we're coming to you live from San Francisco or we're coming to you live from New York. You know, we're coming to you live from Utah. Like just but something like games aren't live so they broadcast them like an hour after everybody left yo oh, yo that's like smart and then they fly everybody out and they're like we're coming to you live from wherever so all these people flood the stadium they're like hey they're here ghost town <laughs> nobody there adam silver's like wait 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 this is a really good idea <laughs> the only issue i think that would come up with that is like keeping everything clean because the idea of keeping it in one location in secret would be right. like everyone could stay there and it'd be safe. But with social media, that's basically impossible. But I think it'd be really fun for all the NBA players just as a challenge to see if they could do it, especially a guy like LeBron. So you double down. You do like a, a single location NBA season so the sports fans are getting sports, but also they record everything. And then they're able to like like Netflix releases the Netflix original like Big Brother NBA season where it's like – LeBron's like, I had enough of this boat. I've had enough of this boat. I am the king. I'm king. Get me off of this fucking boat. <laughs> That'd be great for the carnival idea. Yeah. Like yeah, a cruise line awesome. idea. Just have a documentary crew on the boat with them. Oh. I'm assuming that's probably what they're going to do, though. Like, there's probably going to be, if ESPN, I'm assuming, is going to be the one covering the remainder of the season, if and where and when it happens. And I'm assuming they're going to have a documentary crew shooting this. That's just a missed opportunity if they don't. And they, they're smart enough to do something like that. 
going else off of Chad's Titanic scenario. Hopefully it's not like, and the entire NBA got coronavirus and died. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> why just keeping it one spot you have to. Yeah. He's got about oh. a day left. And they're like, get the boat back to shore. And they're like, well, this is, this is good. This is must see TV. We got to <laughs> keep those cameras rolling. It doesn't matter. Anthony Davis, he's so sick. His unibrow fell off, but it's just <laughs> phone. Run it. Run the cameras. Run James Harden. You can see his gross face, his beard. Yeah. Giannis loses all that weight. Looks like his rookie year again. Oh. <laughs> but they have to keep playing, though. That's that's the key. They have to oh. keep playing. They've all got <laughs> it. You might as well keep going, right? They're pushing around Giannis in a wheelchair because he dropped 60 pounds overnight. He can't even walk anymore some, because he doesn't have the They got muscle. him pushing his wheelchair so he can hang on to his IV in one hand and dribble with the other. Oh, no, no, no. And two, we do it this way. They have to eat that shitty buffet cruise food. They like their actual trainers. They're like, here, it's endless shrimp. It's been endless shrimp for six weeks. Come on. <laughs> It's been endless shits, too. I, I'm getting sick of the shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> diapers under their jersey. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. I hope my dad doesn't hear this one. <laughs> I think we've exhausted this. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, I mean, I was just going to I was gonna make the weird. Just This is the first thing that popped into my mind. They can go up north somewhere just in some really small location, find a YMCA, play all their games there, and then just live in luxury campers for a couple months. Yeah, some like uh, like Rhinelander, uh, Wisconsin, Iron, Iron River up in the UP. Yeah, and that that YMCA that's like this. The rims are still the ones that our dads played on, like back in 1975. Exactly. Oh yeah, Camp NBA. Come the documentary coming to Ooh. Netflix this fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. <laughs> Let's jump to the fun stuff. What do we want to talk about? Do we want we get I mean we can talk about Star Wars, we can talk about Marvel, DC, anything. It's your show, man. We're just we're, we're it's your world. We're just looking at it. That's why I'm throw I was you guys are the guests <laughs> giving you the opportunity to decide what we talk. Well, there was news that just came out yesterday, which is super awesome. They said that the Mandalorian season two is on schedule and will release to Disney Plus on time in November. No no stoppages. That's awesome. So, Plus, you can talk about all those casting announcements they've been making, too, like Rosario Dawson and Katie Sackhoff and, like, all these big actors. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, they have announced yesterday, too, coming to the show. So they're getting in some big talent now. All Play in the Mandalorian? big roles, too, yeah. so... Holy shit. I think I love the, like, the announcements. So, like, all of them, for the most part, like, they posted pretty current photos. And I know the internet is a wild place. But, like, uh, comicbookwhatever.com, I follow them. They always release this stuff right away when it comes out. But it was, like, Rosario Dawson in, like, Luke Cage. So, very recent. It was all. And then the picture that they used for Timmy, Timothy Oliphant was from The Girl Next Door. Which, if you haven't seen it, that movie came out in like 03, so that picture's almost 20 years old. There's oh so God. many other photos to use that are within the last, you know, two decades. But that's like, like who is the, who is the guy they had on that? Why did nobody vet that? They're like, oh, Timmy Ol- Timothy Oliphant. Oh, this looks nothing like him. We'll use that one. I'm sure his Wikipedia picture is probably more up to date than that. Well, and, and going off what Brian said too, like the thing 
at the end of the day, I think one of my favorite human beings on the planet that if there was a, like, we had to put like 10 people in a bunker and I couldn't choose my loved ones or any of my friends or anything for myself. I think the first person I would pick to put in the bunker is John Favreau. Like, has that human being created anything that wasn't your favorite thing on the planet? Like, we Lion just King. <laughs> the Lion King, um, Iron Man. He not only was he in it, he also directed a bunch of MCU movies. He's the creator of The Mandalorian. Like this guy, The Chef Show. If you haven't seen that, the movie The Chef is phenomenal. The Chef Show is amazing too. John Favreau, and not only is an amazing director and creator and actor, he is super humble. If you look at him in any real life stuff, any like he's just so like, yeah, well, I just really enjoy doing it and stuff. Like a guy like that could be a huge dickhead because he just he's allowed to be because you produce stuff like that, you know. And it's like, wow, you know, we weren't really huge on these last three Star Wars movies. John Favreau was like, all right. Let me put the MCU on the side. I'm going to create something that they're going to love. Boom, Mandalorian, instant classic, instant hit. Everybody loved it. Like this, we need to put, we need to make sure that he's okay. Can we have a camera in his house to make sure that the, the Rona isn't getting our John Favreau? You just want to watch guy? John Favreau 24 seven. Well, here, I would do it. there's I one thing John Favreau made that I didn't like. Oh gosh. Jungle Book. I, I had some I had some issues with Jungle Book. I, I they did not utilize Christopher Walken well enough at all. They also deviated way too far from the original story. And you know what else? I, yeah. Do you know what else John Favreau's in? That I'm sure Chad probably doesn't like John Favreau. You know what he's in? The replacements. He's in Friends. I'm aware he's in Friends. <laughs> And I'll have you know, I have nothing against the show. I have, I have a problem with the people who are like, Friends is the greatest sitcom that's ever existed. It's that's horseshit. It's a lie. And everybody knows it. And I'll have you know, on top of that, for Mother's Day, I bought my wife the full box set on Blu-ray because it came off of Netflix. Because she deserves it. And she's a wonderful woman. And everyone listening to the podcast. <laughs> I, I see the leash you around your neck. <laughs> Hey, I'm clean. I, I know you give me shit all the time. I just wanted to throw that out there. I, gotta, I thought your hat, too. Your hat says laugh on it. It's got the colors. Is that from the show? No, I was going to no, call it out, but you no, brought it out first. From something else. It's from something else. The show was fine, but stop telling me it changed TV. No. It doesn't even hold up. It's racist. It's it, It's got tons of bad gay stuff in it. It's just a show. If you like put it on air right now, it would tank after one season. And I'm all about nostalgia. That's fine. I want people to enjoy what they enjoy. And if you like the show, that's fine. Stop telling me it's the greatest TV that you've ever seen. You're lying. You're lying to yourself. We all know Parks and Rec is the best TV show ever. All right. Um... <laughs> All right, what were we talking about? We were uh, talking about Star Wars, I think, right. or Marvel. I, I think we. I don't even My know. Tangent is so. Well, hard. John Favreau just—he's everywhere now. <laughs> True. Everything yeah, I, that's owned by Disney, he's in Disney's like wallet book. If you think about it, you know. He revitalized all those Disney movies, like kickstarted the whole live action, like remake of the Disney movies. Like he started the MCU. Now he's course correcting Star Wars. Like all this big stuff that he's done recently has been for Disney. They well, need to give him a Star Wars movie. I mean, I, they kind I didn't of like did the with, last three. They kind of did by giving him the well, Mandalorian, yeah. which is even better because instead of a three hour movie, we get. We've got eight hours of one season so far, and that's just one season. Right. Yeah. So 
so I'll be curious to see how how the next couple seasons go now that they're introducing more of like the hardcore Star Wars fan canon into it. Like they're bringing in elements from Clone Wars and all that, and being able to keep it so you can understand what's going on if you're just a casual fan because they have to be able to do that because of all the hype around baby yoda and all that 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 kind of stuff that brought in the casual fans to love the show and i'm i'm wondering about that for myself too because i haven't gone back and i haven't even watched any of the clone wars so all this stuff that they've been announcing that they're bringing from that show into the show i'm I'm hoping that I'll be able to follow it enough to understand what's going on without having to see that content. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Chad's shaking his head. I know. I know he wants to see that content. Like you absolutely should sit down and see that content. I was just about to say, I plan on not only rewatching the old Clone Wars, but watching the new stuff that just came out probably before Mandalorian for sure this summer. Well, everybody writes it off. They're like, yeah. "Oh, I want my, I want my Star Wars where George Lucas made the models, and it's right. and it's all people." Stop. Lucas has even said it's canon. He's like, "This is part of the universe." Yeah, it is such love. And it. Like Ahsoka is in, I mean, her voice at that and at that Jedi part at the end of Nine, isn't isn't she? Yes. Yeah. She is. So and I mean, that just proves it right there. Yeah, and it is an extremely unpopular opinion. But I have seen all the movies more times over that I probably will, you know, that people will admit. I have a, I have a, a tattoo, a Star Wars tattoo. It's got Obi-Wan's lightsaber on it. It's got Anakin's. Like, but at the end of the day, I'll tell you this right now. I haven't watched the Clone Wars. Ahsoka Tano is my favorite Star Wars character. Really? And it breeds a lot of trouble. I love her. I love every part of it. It's awesome. And everyone's like, oh, you're not a real Star Wars fan. It's got to be Han Solo or Luke or Yoda. It's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. Well, that's the beauty of the whole franchise, too. I feel like George Lucas, what he created was a sandbox for people in the future. He was pretty old when he started Star Wars. Like, he was already in, like, his early 50s, like, late 50s. So, like, it's not like he came up with this while he was in college. So... He had to have thought at some point if he wanted this to keep going, because he said he wanted it to be a big thing even back then when LucasArts was starting. He had to have think this was going to happen, right? So to create this blueprint, kind of this starting point, going back and doing the prequels, he had to have known 7, 8, and 9 were going to come eventually, even though he said they were never going to happen at one point. He knew he was going to get bought out by somebody. That man likes his money. We know that. But I just really, I just really wish Seven Eight Nine would have been the same fucking director. God damn yeah, it! Yeah, you know what? I, I, I was cool. With JJ produce directing. I was cool with it. But I felt like maybe like a John Favreau type of director would have been more interesting. And I think I, JJ, I think JJ did a phenomenal job, especially with Nine, just because he had to clean up so much of the mess oh, yeah. that was made with Eight. Like he wrote so much interesting things that people were so hyped for the next movie. And then I can't remember the name of the guy who did eight. Um, Ryan Johnson. And Ryan, as, yeah, as if I was we about to Google it. Know how yeah. bad it was going to be. Look how he spelt his name. <laughs> we should have known the second we saw his name on the bill. Exactly. How bad it was going to be. And that guy has made it public. He's made it known that I'd really like to direct an episode of The Mandalorian. No nope. away. Because he'll just erase every single prevalent storyline that we care about and just make it nothing. Her parents were no one. 
is so stupid. But then JJ comes back with nine and he basically just cleans up that mess and continues his own stories that he was trying to tell. Like I thought he did a really good job with nine. And I, the original three are the best. Let me make that clear. But I really, 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 really like nine. It's one of my favorites personally, just because I think I, I actually watched these three in theaters. The other ones I've watched retroactively. I wasn't into that kind of stuff when I was a lot younger. So I think living through this and actually anticipating all this stuff and watching it and being involved with it, I just really like seven and nine. I'm not a big fan of eight, but specifically nine. Like it's one of my favorites. Ryan Johnson is me. If I would have taken all of Brian's midterms and finals, his junior year of college, (laughs) he studied for three years. He took all the classes. He did really well. He did all the hard work. And then I come in a butcher and take take literally a butcher and butcher all of his finals and he's like oh we gotta fix this and then jj's gotta come back in that is that is how i felt about that that the the trilogy like the sequels like oh man i hate ryan johnson so much (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i i just googled how he spelled his name because i didn't realize it r-i-a-n it's like he doesn't know how to spell it. the word rain. You're like, creative. <laughs> we get it. They drink craft beer. And they put beard wax in their face. And they wear serapas. But they don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo because it's cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the thing I liked it so much about Seven was the fact that it triggered some nostalgia. Especially, I did see three in theaters. I did. I was I was young. I was shocked that my dad let me go see that, but I was able to. Um, but yeah, eight really threw me off. I that was like, I, I was expecting like an R.A. Dicky knuckleball, but I was getting a Raldis Chapman fastball, like not what I thought was coming at all. Um, but then, like you said, nine. When you have a guy like J.J. Abrams, who's as smart as he is, controlling something you're going to be okay. I thought Disney was going to be completely controlling the narrative from the beginning. The director was only going to be a name on a piece of paper and they were going to do it that way. It turns out that's not the case. And I almost now in retrospect, wish Disney would have done that with JJ Abrams just throughout the three movies. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine how good it, I mean, and not even if it was just JJ, but anyone, any one director doing the entire three where he can plan out, okay, I'm going to do this and this movie, this and this movie and this and this, like, it just would have been better with one person. I don't understand because there was supposed to be a completely different third person for the for nine. Yeah, like I don't, I don't get I that. I kind of wish that they would have stuck with that. To be honest, I've really, been, I've been sitting here very quiet because I've just been kind of letting the conversation go because I have uh, some very unpopular opinions on Let's this whole last trilogy. Uh, I like. I was one of the few that really liked eight. I liked the risks that it took, I, and I liked. I like How, eight as a standalone movie, but yeah. as the, as part of the trilogy, I didn't like. I, it. it was the first Star Wars movie in a long time that I saw where like I didn't know what was gonna come next. Okay. I mean, it was kind of a a big f you to just kind of like take the stuff that the, the that the first one set up and was like, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna do our own thing. But I kind of like respect that at the same time because it was a different director coming in who wanted to do like his own thing. And just the stuff that they, like, released with the third guy, uh, Colin Trevorrow, I think his name was, like, just the concept art and, like, the ideas that 
he wanted to do for that third movie. I wish that that was the movie that we would have gotten instead of the one that we got. I really didn't like the last one that came out at all. I thought it was a very sloppy movie and not, and I'm not like really aiming it at JJ Abrams because like he did kind of have to take like his ideas from the, from seven, clean up what he didn't like about eight and then kind of wrap it all up in a two and a half hour movie at the end. And I don't know. I, I commend him for his effort, but I don't think it really pulled off. And I, so I kind of wish that we would have gotten like a different guy in to just kind of like do his take on those first two to kind of wrap it up that way. You know, there's kind of that morbid curiosity. If the prequels would have been better, I think that we, we would be looking at these three movies a lot differently. Like if Jar Jar Binks never existed and the second movie was a bit better then I don't think that we would be complaining about seven, eight, and nine right now, or I, I think we'd be complaining more. So Indeed. I think we're some seven, eight, and nine are kind of somewhere in between because three really brings up the first episode one and two. But I, I think because of the fact Jar Jar Banks happened and all that overuse of CGI in the first in episodes one, I got to be careful how I say that in episodes one and two. By episode three, it got a lot better. Um, I actually just recently watched all three of those movies. Um, it it definitely seems like if it wasn't for those, we would have a much bigger issue than we have right now with these three newest movies. Minus the the offshoots, the Han Solo and Rogue One stuff. Because that's a totally different animal you could fight about. So I'll just... I, oh, yeah, I'll let you go. Oh, I'll let you go. Because I was going to... So I, I'm kind of going off of what you had to say. So when it comes down to uh, my picture quality is so awful. compared to all your guys. <laughs> It's actually not. It's not bad. Yeah, you're okay. fine. All right. So kind of going off of what you said, like you like the idea of using different directors. You know, there's a lot of people out there, especially, you know, again, reference back to the Lord and Savior, John Favreau. But uh, like Takia Watiti was just coming off of Thor 3, which while it wasn't my favorite movie, a lot of people liked it. He also did direct an episode of The Mandalorian and did well. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of other directors out there who, who could have helped this. But I think it was a business play where Disney's like, hey, they really liked 7. They did not like 8. Oh, let's just do another 7. We know this is the safe choice. We know this is a good business decision. While it may not get us the best Star Wars movie, I'm sorry, they don't really care about us that much. The directors and the creators and that they care about us, all of us as fans. But at the end of the day, the reason they chose J.J. Abrams, I really think, was to right the ship and make sure that the box office didn't stink. Because they're like, hey, if we slap J.J. Abrams' name back on it, kind of like Kyle said, putting a name on it, <clears throat> that people are going to flock back. They're like, oh, we love Seven. We'll come back. We'll do it again. Right. So I think it was more of a business decision than anything because they could have swung for the fences and picked a different director or picked a different team that could have done it, and we could have gotten a better final movie. But it was just Disney with the safe choice. Well, they yeah. had the theme parks. They had to play it safe, too, with the theme parks opening. So that was. I'm glad you brought that up. Yep. I'll, uh, I'll go back. I'll wrap this all up, go full circle, and just say – they did take the safe choice, but at the end of the day, it's the ninth movie. It's like the wrap up of the Skywalker saga. But now 
we got the Mandalorian, we got something that all Star Wars fans, like hardcore to common fans, that all can agree that this is a great thing. And now we can just, whether you liked the last trilogy or not, like it's done. And now we can just keep going with some newer, better stuff. And the direction that they're going with like the Mandalorian, like the last wrap up of the last season of the Clone Wars that happened, like it's all been good, positive stuff from here. And I'm glad you wrapped it up like that because I did kind of want to move into the Disney Plus shows in general because, you know, like we said, we talked about the Mandalorian and they're coming out with the second season, which is going to be on time which is great news. I cannot wait for that. Um, Cause that, that was like the closest thing I've gotten to like weekly appointment TV in a long time. Like mm-hmm. there hasn't been anything like that with Netflix. It kind of became a binge culture and to, to kind of go back to that, just uploading weekly where like I almost had it timed out to the minute where it was going to up, where it was going to be on Disney plus and I was watching it right away. So I am excited. I, I I'm, I, I kind of want to focus it more to the to the Marvel stuff. And I guess I don't really, you guys might know more about how all of this may be affected because of things being pushed back. I don't know if they're going to, because they're pushing back movies. Are they also pushing back the shows? Um, I think the shows are pushed back a little bit, but not by much. I think What If what, is still on schedule. What If is still on schedule. I think... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was pretty much done. Like, Same with WandaVision. A little bit left. WandaVision, I've heard, was done filming. So that one should be out. And I actually got a list up here of like the new schedule of the Marvel movies now. I was just going to look Potential that up. schedule, depending on how quickly everything goes back to normal and whatnot. Right. And I don't know. I, I want to throw it to you guys uh, what you think about the the MCU and all that now going forward from Endgame. Like, what are your thoughts on, like, some of, like, the movies that you've heard about? I'm, thoughts and opinions? I'm pretty excited being... I'm not huge into comics. A lot of my knowledge comes from you and Chad about comics in general um, and about kind of the storyline and my buddy Tom, like, so that kind of stuff. But, like, I've watched every single Marvel movie at least twice. So, like, I'm very enthralled in that universe. So, like, now that that's wrapped up and we're kind of building into something new, I'm very excited about the characters because I do know a lot of the characters, just not necessarily what they do. But, like, I'm very excited to see who they pick and what they're going to do with these kind of movies. I'm very excited for the Doctor Strange movie that they're um, potentially making it – or pro- that they are making into, a uh, like, a horror movie. Um, I'm, I'm super excited for that and, like – yeah, I, I think I'm more just curious and excited. And I, I am kind of lowering my expectations too because obviously nothing's going to reach even probably the conclusion of whatever this next 10-year journey is going to be. It's probably, it probably won't necessarily reach Endgame. It could, but, in, you know, but I'm, I'm just excited for, the, for what new things that they are going to do because they're bringing some people back, but obviously like Cap and Iron Man aren't going to be coming back as those two. So, yeah, I'm... I'm just really excited to see, especially now that they have, you know, the X-Men type of thing and possibly Fantastic Four and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say that we will never see Robert Downey Jr. in person again as Iron Man, especially with the Doctor Strange stuff coming up. 
with the whole idea of going to different multiverses, like through the multiverse into different universes, that's very possible that we could see that. Um, I'm I'm just I'm really interested to see what they do with the Fox Marvel characters. There, Disney has made it known they want to make Deadpool movies. They want to make solid Deadpool movies led by Ryan Reynolds. They they let Ryan but, Reynolds write the Deadpool movies. They're still gonna be rated R. They're still gonna okay, be Deadpool. Good. They're just gonna as have as long Disney's as they're rated R, they're fine. Yeah. And I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with Fantastic Four and X-Men. I think X-Men, the Michael B. Jordan X-Men was a very interesting attempt that obviously did not go well. We all know that. Um, but going into the future, to see X-Men, like the mutants, teamed up with our Mar- like the Marvel Cinematic Universe that has been starting to get built with Captain, or with, um, Captain Marvel coming in, and Ant-Man and Wasp and like all like and these new characters that haven't necessarily been there from day one, and to kind of see where they take that from here and kind of combine all those universes like a big comic book stew of awesomeness. Um, there's a lot of different directions they could go, and I'm almost thinking like they they take their writing room ideas from the What If series, and then they kind of like oh wait no that's too good that's a movie, like that's way too good. So I'm hoping that they kind of take that sort of approach into the future because we're I think we're done with the phases, right? We had, like, phase one, phase two, phase three. I think now with the, the all the different Disney Plus shows, all the different movies, like, I'm really excited for She-Hulk. I think that's going to be, like, one of the coolest things that we've seen because Hulk, unfortunately, is one of those characters that we're not going to see a standalone Disney film for because of the, the, the IP rights to that. She-Hulk, we can have. So I'm very excited to see what goes on with that. Hulk, I believe, is actually the last major character Disney doesn't have the full rights to, right? Spider-Man is still owned by Sony. Okay, so, yeah, oh, sorry, Spider. But they've got, like, they have an agreement, though, where a drunken Tom Holland calling two of the most powerful men in in the corporate world crying is enough for that. So I'd like to see Hulk. I I wish we would have had a standalone Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie. Going into the MCU, I know a lot of people weren't the biggest fan of him. I loved him. I thought he I liked, was awesome. I I loved him. I just don't know if he would have worked as a full, like, just to focus on him. Well, I, I was really good. confused when they switched from Edward Norton to Mark Ruffalo. That, I think the closest, the closest thing we got and the closest thing we needed was Hulk in Ragnarok. In my yeah, yeah, that, and I loved Ragnarok. That's why I'm also really, really excited for uh, God of Thunder, or love, love, and love and Thunder. There we go. I think I'm most excited for the Guardians, third Guardians. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great Big Guardians guy. You want to go first, Bri? I, I, I see that the wheels turning in your head that you you want to say something. So I, I'll yeah, let you go I'm first. curious. So like, we're like working tears up to Brian's level. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, Brian asked the question of comics and I am like, a like Brian is like, he is. You discredit yourself, man. You, you got some knowledge. So the first thing I'll say about Hulk is that uh, Edward Norton was the perfect embodiment of Bruce Banner, the the lanky little guy. We're I mean I'm not we're not sitting here saying you know that Mark Ruffalo's jacked and huge, but like he was. You looked at him in that standalone Hulk movie in the beginning. He's real lanky. He's mm-hmm. scrawny. And the thing is, is that movie exists in this universe because of course uh, General Ross comes back, same guy. So it's funny to poke around and be like. 
we literally just watched it today, um, my wife and I, and we're like, well, it's really weird that like Betty never came back. But we're like, oh, no one ever has a relationship. Oh, well, Sharon Carter was there and, and Hawkeye had a wife, but it's all irrelevant. I really, really liked Edward Norton as Bruce Banner. I think Mark Ruffalo did a fine job. Fun fact, mm-hmm. he went to the same high school as my dad, Tremper, down in Kenosha. Oh, he's uh, actually cousins with my buddy, Zach. Hey, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, awesome. but um, I guess it, it's weird, you know, it's it's weird to look at where we are now because when we sat down and watched that first Iron Man movie, whether it was in theaters or whether it was at home, you know, years later, it's, it was crazy to think that that movie would kickstart. And I said this again, I brought this up watching the movie today. I'm like, I don't want to sound melodramatic, but like, could you imagine what the world would be like right now? If Iron Man would have flopped like Iron Man flops and we don't have these decades of superhero movies. We don't have these kids now where they're, they're, they love superheroes. They don't, we don't have like comic book stores thriving again because comics were not popular in the nineties and early two thousands. And this, this, this movie franchise really fired it all back up. So again, like a Hulk standalone film is probably isn't going to happen just because of the weird tit for tat stuff. Like, what do you do? Bring Mark Ruffalo in, but bring Liv Tyler back. Like it's a lot of mixed stuff. Um, I agree with the fact that I think the phases might be over because they built this up an end game. I mean, infinity war blew the load. Like it was like, Oh my God, here's infinity war. And then it's like, Hey, we're going to go round two with end game because that was one of my struggles. And I told Brian, I was like, infinity war was so good. It was so good. How can it possibly get better? And they did it. They made it that much better. So you know, and it's great. And again, introducing new characters and, and phasing out some older characters. And we'll see, especially with, you know, Disney getting the rights back to certain characters. Brian knows I'm a huge Defenders fan because Iron Fist is my favorite comic book hero of all time. Oh, are they bringing him in? Oh, are they not? Oh, we need Matt Murdock to be the lawyer for Spider-Man. But wait a minute, if you pick the same guy to be Matt Murdock, you need to Luke Cage to be, but they said they won't bring, it's messy. And that's the problem before is I think, even though a lot of it seemed to come, like, as we saw it, it's like, wow, I never thought they'd go that direction. I really thought the MCU was so thoroughly thought out. It wasn't like they're like four movies in, hey, Thanos will be our main villain. I think a lot of stuff went into even that first movie where they're like, we need to make sure we don't, that you can't poke holes in these stories because this is going to be what it's going to be. And now they have the ability to really restart. So you have your new, you know, heroes like, Oh, it is, is the winter soldier or is Falcon going to be captain America? And as you guys may know, or if you don't know, they trade off that mantle a lot in the, in the comics, mm-hmm. they swap it back and forth where they've been. And then they're not. And, and with Captain Marvel, are you bringing her in? You know, Brie Larson hasn't really been utilized as that leader yet, but who her character is in the comic books could absolutely be a leader of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. You have Falcon, and like you had brought up, Hanson, the 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 madness of the multiverse or whatever it's going to be, they can do whatever they want. Like they could be like, oh, whoops, they messed something up in this universe, and now now everything changes here. And I think. You know, I don't know if they'll do it, but my theory always was that the snap 
was going to have some like some ripple effect and that's how they were going to explain mutants because it's going to be hard because the fact that 21st century fox for years for almost as long as the mcu has been operating has been releasing movies and telling their own stories and i don't think even with disney's you know their level of whatever i don't think you can just say oh this is the story now i feel like part of you has to still use all of this stuff because what do you do just refire everything i mean fantastic four has been rebooted twice now like they've it's been done twice we bring it in a third time with all new people again i have some movies i loved some movies i didn't you know really enjoy but i've never disliked a movie that the mcu has put out so wherever they go with it i think we're all gonna love it but it's just it's crazy to think right now how they're gonna do it because like overnight they acquired hundreds of characters like hundreds and thousands of storylines and lives and things like that that we all want to see you know that they could dive into like even they pluck even like 21st with with deadpool they just like dropped characters and they're like colossus and stuff they just drop little characters in but we don't know them we don't know them well enough and, and the mcu will hopefully and disney will hopefully be able to do that i mean at the end of the day as far as the ent- entertainment world goes Disney runs the world when it comes to entertainment. Like if they're like, we want this person to do the show, they have the money and the power and the sway to get them to drop whatever project they're on to come and do it for them. It doesn't matter. It won't matter whatever legal team they need, whatever the, you know, police force they need SWAT team to get that change. They're going to do it. So I think while we really enjoyed the last, you know, 10 years, you know, the last, whatever, how long it's been, I think the next run here is going to be you know us old guys are really going to be enjoying this stuff and the kids in the theaters are going to be like what are you doing here and we're going to be drunk because did you realize like a lot of movie theaters um sell alcohol now which i don't think is safe especially when i'm at the jungle book and i'm like tanked so And I, I think, too, like, my whole point with the Hulk was I just want continuity with the character. I wanted to see the same guy. I think that may, would make more sense in my head. But with the multiverse, you don't even have to do that. Like, you can change out your characters from here on out. As soon as they introduce Doctor Strange and the Stones, you know, everything's on the table. You can do whatever the hell you want. So, yeah, Brian, what do you have on this? Because, obviously, you're the one that knows the most about this. He also asked the question. Exactly. That's I, I know. Like, I want to know what you have to have the most crazy answer for this, please. I I mean, I, I've been having a good time just listening to all three of you guys just uh, with your opinions and whatnot. Um, I think Chad hit it on the head that it's, it's a good starting over point. I mean, like the first 10 years, the first 20, what was it? 22 movies. Like, Overall, we're very good movies. I mean, some some not as good as others. There's opinions there, but I mean, it overall, it was a solid hit. And now we have the same team going back to square one, basically, with not just the new characters, but some characters that we've already introduced. We can go on and do more storylines with them. We can reintroduce things. I mean, that's... I think that's a big thing that what they're doing with the Disney plus shows that they've announced, you know, we get to see the continuation of Falcon and winter soldier and where they go from here. Who's, who's going to carry the shield. 
because like Chad said, uh, both of them have been Captain America in the books, and they've kind of teased with the little bit that they've said about that show that I don't think it's going to be one person holding that shield in that first season. I mean, Ooh. when they when they went out at Comic-Con out on stage, they both like traded off the shield as like a joke joke, but there's a reason why it's not called like Captain America and Bucky or like Captain America and Winter Soldier or Captain America and Falcon. Like there's a reason that it's called Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I think that's going to be a big build up point for that. Um, we got WandaVision. I mean, I'm two so characters, for WandaVision. two oh, characters yeah. that have been introduced in like the first 10 years, you know, that we're going to dive in a little bit more. And there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities that we can come in with these this new slate of movies and shows. I mean, WandaVision could easily change and affect things that are going to go forward as far as like the mystical stuff. Wanda is a very powerful mutant in the comics. I mean, they've kind of steered away from mutant in the first 10 movies because of like the rights but now that they got the rights back they can bring in the x-men and the like they could bring in the x-men there they could bring in the x-men and the fantastic four with what chad was talking about with the snap and the repercussions of that we could get the x-men and the fantastic four like through doctor strange and the multiverse of madness there's so many possibilities that we can bring in these fox characters in and i think the thing that we got to remember is like they've done all this before like people are worried about you know we're bringing in too many new characters too many small characters that nobody knows nobody likes so on and so forth iron man was like a c-level character in the comics when they launched that movie he was not a big character in the books he was not really that popular of a character and now look at he's one of like the top characters that's carrying the marvel franchise so we've got the same guy kevin feige that's got a plan for all of this and even in, like in the first the first 10 years of the movies like things changed like things didn't always go according to plan but they always had the one guy to kind of like steer the ship and i think going forward like that's just gonna keep continuing i mean there's even before they got the rights to fox when they got the rights to the x-men and Fan the fantastic four you could see on the horizon that that was coming so you know that they had a plan for that they got a plan going forward of how they're going to introduce these people when they're going to introduce these people and how they're going to do it going forward and i think the one thing that people aren't really thinking about right now either is i think like the cosmic side of the marvel is going to be a big thing going forward too not only with the wrap-up of guardians of the galaxy but captain marvel is a huge part of that uh and that can also be like a way to introduce some of these other characters that aren't in the universe yet but we know that are coming as well with that so it's all it's all very exciting going forward with this and I'm I'm not so worried about it because it's the same group going about it the same way that they were before it's just like we're starting over but like this isn't new territory for us we like 
don't worry, we got this, we got this covered. We're, we're going to bring it forward and it's going to be a good time. So. I think yeah, the only I, thing about the cosmic universe is that it might get a bit confusing for the casual fan, but if they explain it as well as they did with everything else in the universe, it should be okay. But the different, I think another part too is like the world, like it took place on earth. It just seems so otherworldly, but took place on earth. I think that was a big draw, like in a big attraction. I hope that that doesn't get taken away because now they've got all of our attentions, so it shouldn't yep. matter. So hopefully that's how that goes. I mean, the infin like all the Infinity stuff, that was still very cosmic, but yeah. they brought it back to like the Earth, back to Earth, and with all these characters too. And two big storylines that they could go into would be like the Kree Skrull War mm -hmm. with Captain Marvel, and that was bringing all of Earth's heroes out into outer space with that war. And they could also just do Secret Invasion. Isn't now that they've introduced the Skrulls, we've gotten a little taste of them. We can get more taste of them throughout the movies because spoilers for uh, Far From Home, but there were scrolls in that movie. Like you can keep building on that to build up to that storyline as well. And in that story, they use that to kind of bring back old characters that hadn't been around for a long time back into the mix with the whole scroll thing. So there's well, plus, definitely possibilities with that. There's the Planet of the Eternals movie too. <laughs> Yup, the Eternals is very cosmic, and mm -hmm. I feel like going forward we're gonna have a lot of cosmic, and we're gonna have a lot of mystic elements in the MCU, which can bring a lot of different changes where they need to be, and also bring in other elements in ways that we probably wouldn't have been able to back ten years ago. Well, and they developed it a lot that way too, because you look at Iron Man, the first movie, they, I mean, you essentially battle the Taliban and then the Captain America, he's punching Nazis. Like they really took care of really base, easy to understand, you know, concepts, you know, so when you start bringing in, you know, like I, I really would, I'd find it hard to believe that they bring Galactus in. Galactus is a really hard character to incorporate as a whole. And the reason being is it's like, if he shows up and we're unprepared, he eats the planet and then we're done, <laughs> you know? So they have to build to that. You can't have Galactus show up like where Thanos, it took him 20 movies to mm -hmm. really show up. You would have to build it again. And I, I'm not sure if the MCU is prepared to have another, you know, decade long run of 20, you know, 20 movies. I think people will still watch them, but I think because they've done it once, it'll be hard my my biggest belief for the future of the MCU, regardless of how they incorporate characters or how they bring people back in, because of the time-related stuff with the time travel, I really, really, truly believe if I put all my chips on one storyline, I really think Kang the Conqueror is going to show up. Uh, for people who ha don't know him well or aren't aware of that, the, the villain look him up because the way and that was the first thing i thought of when they started talking about time control like even when you saw it in like the trailers i was like kang's gonna show up he doesn't like people messing with the timeline that's his thing like he's gonna show up and he and he's a really really good character do i think he's a top tier like thanos villain no but i think you can get a good arc out of him as well he's definitely one of the biggest avengers villains that we haven't seen yet so Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I agree. All the time travel stuff, he could definitely come in. And, and I think, I think that'd be pretty easy to include too, because you already have Cap, who basically lived a new life uh, with the time travel. So that'd be pretty easy to incorporate 
once he comes in, he can say he showed up because he was pissed. And now all of a sudden, you know, you got Dr. Strange in the multiverse and all that stuff. He can be, you know, the, the, I think there's a very easy way to kind of jump to that. And I, I'd be very excited because I don't know too much about that character, but I think, I think that'd be a fun one to introduce. Do you imagine if that's how they kick off the next run of Marvel movies is that Kang shows up and just offs Cap? Like, right? old Cap. He's like, I'm here. You did this. It's like, it's not adjusting the storyline too much because he's out of it now. But mm-hmm. you find out that over time, it's like, yeah, this, we don't, we have no idea. This entity shows up and he says he's a time traveler, blah, blah, blah. And Cap is dead now. And it's like, okay. And that's how we fire it off with knowing the villain and less mystery, but kind of them chasing after that villain. Especially if he came in like after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like, not only did you mess with time, but now you've messed with like reality too. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Well, then you don't run into the Star Wars issues where you have to make everything kosher because you can just do whatever you want now. Yep. They really have a whole lot of freedom to do what they want, make the changes if they need to. I mean, even with the Multiverse of Madness movie, if it got bad enough to where like people just weren't clicking and they wanted to go with a safe route of, let's bring back the characters that like the fans love, even if we can't get the actors back. If we're messing with reality, we could pull Captain America and Iron Man from a different multiverse, and they could be a completely different actor, but they could mm-hmm. still be tony stark or steve rogers and to kind of like do more stories with those characters i will say if you pull steve rogers in in a different captain america kind of thing that's fine but i really believe that if you try anything and i mean if you go ironheart route that's fine with with riri and but if if you try to pull any iron man stuff now after endgame I feel like you really tarnish this whole run of movies. Like yep. you're like, Oh, just kidding. We had the multiverse and we brought back a different Tony Stark. <clears throat> People are going to be really upset. And not only the impact of Endgame, but I mean, the whole kind of driving force behind uh, far from home too. Like that kind of kicked off the next step too. And that was all because of Tony. Yeah. I think, I, I think like you said, the, the death has to mean something. And I mean, cap would make sense but you could also uh, we've seen in the comics recently a female thor like that you can start to bring in a lot of more a lot more stuff like that. she is gonna be in there yeah Uh, jane foster coming back to be the female Mm -hmm. thor in love and thunder that's right that's also gonna be going on yeah i think with the multiverse if you explain the characters well enough like they did in spider-verse i know that's a sony thing i know that's not disney but like those characters were different enough they had their own personalities and quirks that if they did something, not necessarily as like as far as a pig, but like if they were different enough and like they like still have the star and the shield, right? But it could obviously be a different person with a different personality. I think that would be okay because we still know that in our universe, technically like our universe, that's our original MCU. And I think from there with the multiverse, they can take that and run with it. But we will always know in the back of our head, this is where we come from. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing where I said, like, again, where Riri Williams is, is she picks up the Iron Man mantle because she's like a top tier intellect, like a top five intelligence level in the Marvel universe now. And she's a young black girl. And when this first came out, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? 
you take one of what is now the most beloved comic book characters ever that was portrayed so perfectly on screen with Robert Downey Jr. And you're like, hey, here's a teenage black girl. She's going to put on the suit. It was like, this is not a thing. But they've done it really well. And, they, and, and Marvel continues to do that well. I mean, one of my favorite characters that exists in the comic book, like in the comics now, is Amadeus Cho. He's the new Hulk. He's not the Incredible Hulk. He's the amazing, I forget what they say, Hulk. But it, it's interesting how they continue to be like, hey, we're changing all this, and you think you're going to hate it, but you're going to love it. you know. And, and Marvel continues to do things like that time and time again. So I think with everything being said, are we going to be mad at the next 20 movies that come out? Oh, no. of course not. We're all going to go. Brian and I are going to buy our tickets ahead of time. We're going to be there opening night. We're going to buy our popcorn. We're going to sit there and watch our movies. Or we're going to leave either happy or indifferent. We're never going to be mad. Like, mm-hmm. if they continue to finally, 10-year-old me can just be cool because he likes superheroes. Like, we can love this again. And that's, I think, what the MCU really did for everybody because – how many times were you walking through the halls in high school and because some kid had a comic book, he was the loser. You couldn't talk about that stuff. You couldn't do that. And now it's been so cool and so popular. Like my kid can now grow up in a world where you can like superheroes from one to 25 and no one will ever care. Uh, That's a great way to put it. I mean, the, yeah, high school me, like sitting by my locker at lunch reading comic books, never thought that like, this would be the world that we're living in. It's it's pretty great. Uh, to kind of wrap up all of this, is there one movie, I guess, based around a certain comic book character that you guys would want to see maybe included in this cinematic, in this next phase, we'll call it, in, the, in this next step? Is there someone that you want to see out there? I'll go first since I'm the least qualified to answer this question. Um, <laughs> I, I really want to see the X-Men I want to see these Fox characters, specifically the X-Men. Um, there's so many opportunities there. Um, so I, I obviously, I don't know if that's a Wolverine thing. I don't know where we pick up, where we leave off. Um, I really want to see the X-Men integrated with the MCU that we know and love currently. I will answer it two ways. Um, the first way in the characters that I love, I would love to see, like Hanson said, the X-Men included because I'm a huge Colossus fan. Um, but I would love to see the Defenders get involved because, I mean, Luke Cage, Heroes for Hires, Iron Fist. Um, I got the tat. Um, like, I, I inked my skin for that man, that Iron Fist. Like, I would love to see them involved. But as far as for quality of content and what I think would really help the MCU succeed is I want to see the Fantastic Four integrated properly because Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four are such important characters mm-hmm. in that universe. We have to have them and we have to have them right. So even if it takes a little bit of time where maybe they drop in a couple X-Men movies here and they're integrating characters, I really want them to learn from the past of 21st century Fox and kind of blowing the fantastic four and really knock it out of the park because that those characters are so important for the MCU. Uh, I've been very lucky with the, with what's come out already. Uh, a lot of my favorite characters have already been in there and have already had some very good, uh, interpretations and have been treated well. Um, Bucky is one of my all-time favorites, so to see all the stuff that's come with him, I've been 
really happy about. I'm excited about the Disney Plus shows and the possibilities that that brings into expanding stories on some of these smaller characters that might not get a movie, but they're still going to get that much more screen time. Like they're not like Hawkeye is not going to get a trilogy of movies, but he's going to get an eight episode series. And we're also going to bring in Kate Bishop, which is the other Hawkeye Mm -hmm. who I, I love her. She's one of my favorites in the comics right now too. So I'm excited for, for characters like her i'm excited for she hulk i'm excited for moon knight and all of like those kind of shows that are brought in the only thing that i think i would want is to find a way to bring the netflix universe into the marvel universe uh daredevil was probably one of the best comic book adaptations we're gonna get like that run was so good punisher luke cage iron fist jessica jones all of those shows were so well handled over there and it's such a shame that we can't do anything with them at this time because of the deal with netflix and there's a lot of people chad myself included that want these characters back in the universe to to be able to play around and i think with the possibility of disney plus and the shows like there's ways to bring those characters back and to bring in more of those smaller like bc level characters even in the comics and just give them the love and attention that they deserve as well what do you mean brian we had ben affleck because <laughs> <laughs> he has a really good reputation in these superhero movies <laughs> <laughs> people hate on that movie but it's i don't know i i enjoyed that movie it was cheesy as hell but you can't deny that that was probably one of the one of the most like rocking soundtracks that they had so weird though like they they're like we're gonna make a superhero movie and we're gonna take the they had colin farrell ben affleck and jennifer gardner and at the time those were three huge names and uh what's his name who played uh wilson fisk too like he was also like oh yeah michael clark duncan yeah Yeah. huge cast for that movie and in reality at the end of the day when you bring up this conversation of this movie with, with the general populace they're like yeah our boy John Favreau was in that movie too. He was Foggy Nelson. Yeah, you're right. Full circle. Yes. Full oh, nerd circle. If he would have directed it, it probably would have been a little bit different. There you go. All I want to see is Deadpool interact with all these Avengers. That's all I want. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. I think we've talked for long enough. Um, this was awesome. I think we're definitely going to do this again. We're going to bring back all these guys. Um, and me and Chad actually have something planned for the future as well. So, uh, yeah. So thank you guys so much for coming. Brian, I'm so glad we finally got you on. Yeah, dude, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad that I was able to be here and contribute as much as I could with the sports stuff and then really bring it with the nerd stuff here. (laughs) I think you made up for it for sure. Chad, as always, a pleasure. Thanks for having me, bro. Of course. Uh, You guys can find all the Twitter links in the description. I don't want to go through them. Just follow us on Twitter. We're funny people. Um, If you guys want to plug anything you got. Yeah, I'll plug something. Kyle's facial hair is probably the weakest of the four of them. (laughs) (laughs) You just wait. It's coming back. Is this a challenge? Right, Brian. Yeah, no, go to Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> uh-huh. All I'll say is, any listeners out there, if you love this show, 
all this content. And if you loved what you heard today, like go out, share it with everybody, spread the word. That's that's the way that we can get more of this to happen. And if you liked Chad and I, that's a good way to bring us back too. <laughs> exactly. Feedback is huge and sharing, like you said, yeah, it's huge. Like ratings on iTunes, I bring that up most episodes. That, that's a big way to kind of get us in the rankings and sharing us on Twitter, wherever. Just tell your friends if they're interested in any of this kind of stuff. Tell them what we talk about, and you know. And if there are I get any good nerds feedback. out there listening too, if you got some stuff that you want us to talk about, reach out to these guys. Let them know. Absolutely. So yeah, like I said, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Got me down in the fifth. Got me drowning in indecisions. Genie, I'm full of wishes. Still can't help with the disposition of just a young college kid with all the privilege. Trust beyond belief. So can trust going through the villages. Keep an image of Priscilla with the J Dilla Dilla. Need another dollar, dollar in Manila. So vanilla with a swirl, let the blade run. Tongue drips, slice down the middle of our nation. Heebie-jeebies, we already had this conversation. Kept me busy since day one. Accusations, pockets gained a little weight like my ex bitch. Still, the only bricks that I've been stacking been in Tetris. Never measure up, cause we've been on a different metric. And I don't give a fuck about who the next I fill the is. hole in my soul with palace and preen logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo. Fill the hole in my soul with palace and preen logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo.